are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is February 5th. 2021 on the show today. It's packed one. We've got four Big 12 basketball games to preview this weekend. We also have the Saturday 7, seven games from outside the Big 12 to watch this weekend as well. And then we have the Super Bowl and we'll discuss which Big 12 players will be competing in that. So we'll have a relatively quick show today, a whole lot to cover as we get into Super Bowl weekend. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, let's get to it here. So four Big 12 basketball games, like I mentioned this weekend, the reason that there are not five is because the Baylor Bears program is now taking a pause. So their game against TCU on Saturday has been postponed, and their game against OU on Monday has been postponed as well. Uh, and so I think what's interesting about this is that, you know, we hope everybody's okay. We hope they're doing well. It's obviously a COVID pause. The hope here is this is that they're able to get through it and everybody is fine. And, you know, they're, they're healthy and able to keep playing. Um, my one question is, you know, this will prevent, you know, per, uh, I guess provide some kind of a challenge that Baylor has not faced yet from a college basketball team, right? This, this challenge of COVID is completely different because the way it can wipe out a coaching staff, um, you know, your, your roster, obviously, uh, the way it can affect your players. So, they're about to have a challenge that uh, we're not accustomed to, the, you know, to them having so far this season, and I'm very curious as to how they respond. Obviously, you know, the health stuff we want that to be number one priority. But if they are able to get back to playing, you know, and be okay, which most teams have been able to do, that's my question: is you know how this affect them. So we'll kind of spin that forward once we know more of the situation. All right, the first game this weekend, I'm just going to go in chronological order. Iowa State plays uh, against Oklahoma. Iowa State two and ten, zero and seven in the conference. Plays 11 and 5. Oklahoma, who is 6 and 4 in the conference, number 9 in the country, coming off their loss against Texas Tech in a really uh, close game. And I look, Iowa State's the team that you want to play if you're looking to get back, you know, on the right side of things. Uh, Austin Reeves is on track uh, to return this weekend. And then Alondis Williams for OU also is going to need some more time. So he, he will need some more time. Reeves is set to return this weekend. I. I don't know if they're going to start him. Maybe they do the kind of manic situation, especially with how good Umoja Gibson and, and Elijah Harkless have been. Maybe you don't feel the need, especially, to just rush him back. So we'll see where he is. That's something important to watch this weekend in that game. But uh, Iowa State, you know, they fought hard against West Virginia. And that's really, you know, them and Kansas State, that's who Iowa State's been closest with this year. They did have one close kind of close-ish game, I guess, against Texas. But Iowa State, you know, they were able to push West Virginia twice. Uh, I don't know if, but on the, on the road though, you know, I'm not going to say it's the prettiest victory in the world, but I think Oklahoma state or rather Oklahoma is able to pace themselves and get this win rather handily. All right. Big game here, two o'clock on CBS, the number 23 Kansas Jayhawks who are 12 and six, six and four in the conference face off against the number 17 West Virginia Mountaineers who are 12 and five, five and three in big 12 play. This game presents a whole lot of questions for both teams. We are, you know, are trying to figure out answers about Kansas and where the scoring punch is going to come from. Can Christian Brown you know, continue to have uh, consistent games? Can Marcus Garrett add more on offense? Can David McCormick continue to be, you know, experienced? Is there anybody on the bench who can bring them some scoring? Can Jalen Wilson uh, get back to his old self? A lot of questions that for them, and then for West Virginia, you know, trying to figure out who their best five is and, um, you know, how they can be more consistent in winning these games. Obviously, they had the big win against Texas Tech. 
And, you know, that was the first time I kept mentioning that they won back-to-back conference games. And then they are at home against Florida, and Florida's a good team, but they, you know, lost at home against a good basketball team. It's never good. You know, you want to stack those wins together. They recover in a close but still win over Iowa State. So now this kind of puts them at home playing a team against Kansas that they, you know, lost to by double digits last time around. And something interesting I found is that uh, KU's won nine of the last ten games in this contest, uh, in this this series. So I think we're all kind of on, you know, West Virginia here, kind of on high alert, right? This is a game, this is a team that kind of owns you, that they have your number. And I think this West Virginia group needs to try and find a way to, to, you know, be more consistent and kind of get back on the right track because I don't know how to judge them if, he, if they keep doing this middling thing, right? If, if they win this game, it'll be four of their last five. But, you know, if they lose it, then it's back to kind of their win one, lose one. And we talked about that, you know, to start off the year, or the, the new year, rather, they beat Iowa State, lost to Kansas, beat Northeastern, lost to OU, beat Oklahoma State, lost to Texas. And they got the win against Kansas State and Texas Tech, but dropped the game against Florida, got the win back against Iowa State. So now, you know, they're playing good basketball teams. I know it's hard to be more even-keeled in this league, but this is a spot where you can put back-to-back wins together. You're at home and play a good team and kind of get yourself, you know, right and think, okay, maybe that Florida game, you know, we didn't finish and uh, and close out the game well. So I'm curious to see. And look, I I just think they have to tighten things up. I I think sometimes their pace, it kind of reminds me of Shaka Smart's VCU teams, like their pace just killed them. Uh, and their breakneck speed sometimes, you know, you, you don't want to keep it with, with a lead, right? If you're up by 10 with two minutes left, you don't need to keep pushing things, you know, or, or three or four minutes left. You don't need to keep pushing things. You need to be more patient, look for good shots. And I think sometimes West Virginia can be a bit helter-skelter in that sense. I think West Virginia gets this one done at home because they are at home, and I think they understand the urgency. But making heads or tails of both of these teams has been a challenge this season. So this is the most important game of the day, in my opinion. I think uh, the OU, uh, Oklahoma State, and um, and Texas game is important. But this one, for me, both these teams searching for an identity, searching for consistency. That's why this game is so meaningful. It's not a top 10 battle, but I I think it means more than a top 10 battle because both these teams aren't solidified in terms of their identity, in terms of consistent performances. So, you know, we love the top 10 matchups, the the high-ranked matchups it's great but in a game like this between you know two teams that fancy fancy themselves as tournament teams that should be able to make a push deep into the second weekend or at least the second weekend um this is a critical game at a critical point of the season all right texas and oklahoma state three o'clock on abc texas number six in the country they're 11 and four five and three in the big 12 play oklahoma state 11 and five four and five in big 12 play both these teams coming off losses Texas lost to Baylor at home, which is no shame in that. Uh, Oklahoma State lost to TCU and got swept. So this is an important game for them. They're four and five in the conference. You want to be around that 500 mark. Um, and you're looking across, you know, at a team in Texas who's lost three of their last four. They lost to Texas Tech by two. They lost to OU by one, and they lost by 14 to Baylor. But that game obviously, you know, was close at times. And, and Baylor's in their own class. Uh, as it goes right now, not just in the in the conference, but you know, in, in the entire country, alongside with Gonzaga, you know, you always wonder is the is the um, is the supporting cast going to show up uh, for Oklahoma State, and they have in some ways, but the key to this game is they have to control the boards. Uh, TCU ate them alive on the glass. I expect Texas to do the same thing. 
Uh, I, I would not be shocked if Texas wins this game by double digits just because we saw that rebounding effort from TCU against Oklahoma State, and it you know it cost them. Uh, it cost Oklahoma State that game, 44 points in the paint. So Texas can do something you know, very similar, if not even more effective in, in terms of crashing the glass. I think they do. I think they get that win. And I'm, I'm not sure it's, uh, it's any more complicated than that. And like I said, basketball, and especially at the college level, can sometimes come down to some pretty simple things. And in my opinion, this is one of those scenarios where it will come down to kind of one of those, uh, those simple things. Right? And right now, Joe Lenardi's got Oklahoma State as an eight seed, so I don't think a loss would kill them here. But then you're kind of in the weird territory where, you know, at that point in time, you're four and six in the conference, and you need to keep your head above water. You, you need to keep, you know, not above water, but circa uh, above water. Oklahoma State's got some quality wins. The resume is strong, but... You, you know, a win like this would propel them and kind of solidify them. But a loss here would put you at 11-6 and six and 4-6 and six in the conference. And then you're kind of digging yourself out of a hole to get back to 500 with games against KU, Baylor, Texas Tech, and two against OU still left. They do get Iowa State and they do get Kansas State once more. But still, I mean, you know, OU twice, uh, Texas Tech, Bay- at Baylor and at KU. It's a gauntlet the rest of the way. It's always a gauntlet that it's conference. But this is one of those games where you're at home. And, you know, if you give yourself an, a chance by rebounding the basketball pretty well, you know, you could win this game. But if you don't, if, you, if they play anywhere like they, they played against TCU, they're going to lose this basketball game. Not, not a question in my mind. And I do think uh, Texas is able to go on the road and get themselves back on track in this spot. All right, also happening this weekend, the last game we're going to discuss. Texas Tech, 13-5, and 5-4 in the Big 12. They are number 13 in the country at 5-14 and 14 at Kansas State. 4 o'clock on the Big 12 Network slash ESPN+. Plus. Not going to spend much time here. I think uh, Texas Tech goes on the road, takes care of business. Not much more to say. There really isn't a whole lot of analysis, uh, especially when Kansas State plays because they have looked dreadful as of late. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Let's hit on the Saturday 7-7 games across college hoops, not in the Big 12, that are important this weekend you should be paying attention to. I'll let you know what those are next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, before we get to the Saturday 7, first a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Guys, it's Super Bowl weekend. There are tons of props, game bets, all kinds of things you could want. You can parlay them with other sports because the NBA is going on. Uh, College basketball is going on. The MLB is about to be going on. The NHL is going on. All those things you can find and more at BetOnline.ag. It's the only place that we trust, the only place that has you covered wall-to-wall for your sports action needs. Right now, go to betonline.ag. Use a promo code uh, locked on. And when you make your account and on your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Once again, go to betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. Also, check it out locked on today, Monday through Friday. 
Uh, it's a sports podcast that has your sports news from the Locked On Podcast Network. Everything you need to get you set for the day in sports, stuff from the night before, uh, you know, stuff coming up the next day. It's all good stuff there. Check it out wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, on to the Saturday 7. All right, the Saturday 7, here they come. It is seven games outside the Big 12 Conference to watch this Saturday first. At noon on ESPN, Mizzou takes on Alabama. Alabama's ranked number 10 in the country. Missouri's number 18. Pivotal battle here at the top of the Southeastern Conference. Alabama has been at the top basically wire to wire uh, the whole season. Mizzou has been ranked for a majority of the season as well. These are two of the best teams in the conference. Also, my Missouri Tigers, so I'm very interested in this game. But look, Alabama's 10-0. Mizzou is 5-3. They're four games back. Mizzou has to win this game if they want any chance of uh, of making a run at the conference, and they only get one shot at Alabama. Now, uh, part of this is because you know Mizzou's only played eight games, so they'll have a couple to make back, you know, a chance to play more games. Because uh, I think Mizzou had a yeah, they had a COVID pause a little while ago, so with that, you know, obviously they, they have to make up a couple of those games. But look, Alabama has a chance to basically seal up the conference with this game. I think Mizzou's able to win at home. I'm going to go with my Tigers. Jeremiah Tillman's playing excellent basketball. I don't know if they can defend him on the interior at Alabama. So we'll see. But that, that's an excellent game on ESPN at noon. 2 o'clock on the ACC Network, Syracuse and Clemson. This could be a battle for a spot in the NCAA tournament, really. Uh, Clemson, obviously, the hot start has really just fallen apart here towards the back end of the season, getting their asses kicked. Uh, in a bunch of these games, and Syracuse has kind of been middling. And, you know, they're not really on the tournament radar, but they've got a chance to kind of get themselves going in that direction in this game. So I think it's important for that reason, and Clemson too, just trying to do the best they can to hold on to a spot. Uh, they're a 10 seed right now. So I'm interested in this game. Um, I'm going to take Clemson at home. I'm going to take Clemson at home. 2.30 on Fox. Number 19, Wisconsin. At number 12, Illinois. I think Illinois is playing the right kind of basketball right now. These are two of the best teams in the Big Ten. And look, this is a game that could decide, you know, this game we could look back on and say this game might decide who ends up winning the Big Ten Conference when it's all said and done. We talk about that experience. Both these teams have a ton of experience. But uh, right now, these two teams are both in the top four. Illinois, eight and three. They're one game back of Michigan. And Wisconsin, eight and four. They're a game and a half back. So you look at that and you're trying to think, all right, you know, who has the edge here? You know, is the experience is kind of a wash. Who has, you know, where's the advantage? And I think the athleticism that Illinois has is an advantage here if they can take care of the basketball. Uh, I think with Curbelo and Dosumu and then also Trent Frazier, those guys can move the ball around and get that Wisconsin defense moving, and they'll be able to penetrate and, and get good looks. So I'm going to go with Illinois here in this game. All right, 4 o'clock on ESPN, we have Justin Champagne and Pitt playing against UVA uh, in Charlottesville. If you guys haven't seen Justin Champagne play yet this year for Pitt, he's an awesome, fun player to watch. Uh, and he has been, so far, the best player in the entire Atlantic Coast Conference this season. And he's a big reason why Pitt's 9-5. and five. They're above 500 in the conference. And this is a player that they rely on, a three-star guy, who's ended up being you know, a 19-point-a-game scorer, 12 rebounds a game, 1.4 blocks over a steal a game, shoots 52% from the floor, 38% from three. He's an all-around great player, and so if you guys have not seen him, check him out. But I do think UVA at home holds steady. All right, uh, also, 6 o'clock, ESPN. This is the big one. UNC at 11-6 and, and Duke at 7-6. and six. These Blue Bloods have been down all year. UNC is playing a bit better basketball right now, but Duke is just up and down. They're 7-6. and six. On the season, it looks it looks like right now, you know, 
Not a team uh, that you, you would think is anywhere near the discussion for the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, they're just not on Gillinardi's radar. I don't think Jerry Palm has him, uh, has them on his radar. And uh, Duke could get themselves maybe in that direction, but I think they're at a point now that, you know, they've just got to worry about themselves and how this team looks and maybe try to make a run in the conference tournament. They can't even be thinking about the NCAA tournament, even if there is a conference tournament. But, uh, yeah, Duke's, Duke's got themselves, you know, their work cut out for them. UNC starting to play a lot better. And this game is always close. You know, I never, you never really know which way to go in this game because these two teams uh, usually do play very close. And, and for UNC, this game's super important. You know, they're on that bubble range right now. And I think UNC gets it done on the road. These two teams, you know, it doesn't really matter home or away, especially in an empty, uh, empty arena. So I'm going to go with UNC to win at Duke. Uh, Eight o'clock, ESPN or FS1 rather. Arizona at Colorado, fun big uh, Pac-12 game, and I'm just going to tie this in with the last one too. 10 p.m. We have UCLA and USC. So those two games, if you're in, in, interested in some Pac-12 hoops on Saturday night, both those games are good. UCLA, best team in the Pac-12 right now, and also USC uh, has Evan Mobley, who's going to be a top five pick. So both those games are worth checking out. All right, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, let's look at some of the Big 12 players who will be playing, or former Big 12 players, rather, who will be playing in this weekend's Super Bowl. There's actually a good deal of them, so I'll tell you about who they are, and then also I'll make a pick as well for who I think will win the Super Bowl. Coming up next, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. It's a family-run business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. The best part is the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. They charge do-it-yourselfers and professionals the same price. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Also, go check out Locked On Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling get you set every day for sports action, especially it's going to be useful this weekend heading into the Super Bowl. So go check out Locked On Bets wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, let's talk about the players that will be representing the Big 12 this weekend in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Chiefs and Bucks. And I, I've said the Bucks don't have any players from the Big 12, which I said that a little while ago. It's not true. Um, but they don't have any players from teams that are currently in the Big 12. Uh, so they've got three Big 12 alums. And it's Blaine Gabbert, who was quarterback at Missouri, and he left uh, his final year at Mizzou was the year before they joined the SEC. Levante David, who won accolades in both the uh, Big Ten and uh, the Big 12 during his time at Nebraska. So Levante David, a tweener between the Big Ten and the Big 12. And then obviously Ndamukong Sue, the other one. He attended Nebraska when Nebraska was a Big 12 school and, you know, won Every accolade you could possibly win, not just in the conference, but nationally. So there is your uh, Big 12 representation on the Buccaneers. When it comes to the Chiefs, four players. Uh, Byron Pringle, wide receiver, obviously went to Kansas State. Patrick Mahomes is the very obvious one who went to Texas Tech. James Winchester, long snapper, went to Oklahoma. And then Alex Okafor went to Texas. So I look across the board here, a bunch of different schools um, that are being represented. No team is kind of actually, no school actually, is being doubled up upon except for Nebraska, uh, which is obviously not a Big 12 school anymore, but was, and both these players 
played in the Big 12 in Levante David and in Dominican Sioux during their time at Nebraska. So yeah, those are the guys to watch. As far as the game goes, you know, it's hard to know whether it could play a factor. And uh, you're wondering, you know, my question is this, is about the offensive line for the Chiefs. Um, banged up, obviously not good at, you know, either tackle spot and you're, you're beginning to be a bit concerned when you watch this Tampa Bay defense and how effective they've been. And that's where my mind goes. The one thing I don't like, though, is the narrative that's all about quarterbacks, right? I mean, we saw Tom Brady throw three picks against, you know, against the the, uh, the Packers, and the defense is what held its ground and made sure that Tampa Bay won that game. Also, their rushing attack has been more consistent, in my opinion, than their, uh, than their passing attack. I mean, uh, the Washington game, their offense came out like a house of fire, scored, and then, you know, the running game was effective the entire game and, and melting the clock and, and hanging on to it, but they weren't able to put Washington away in that game, especially with their passing game, and they weren't able to put Tampa Bay or uh, Green Bay away uh, in, in the NFC title game either. So that's my question is, you know, that's my problem is we always have this idea where it's, you know, Mahomes versus Brady, and like we act like, you know, Tom Brady was being celebrated in a game where the defense held strong. And that was that was an important part. And also a dynamic I love about the Bucks is the two running backs, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. You know, one guy starts one time and then the other guy will start. It's all about, you know, who's hot. And uh, Ronald Jones loses the starting position to play off Lenny. But when Ronald Jones is in the game, you can tell he's running hard and he's running like he wants that starting spot back. So that's one thing I do love I love, love, love about their running attack. And their offensive line does an excellent job, too. Curious to see if the Chiefs can generate any pressure. But I think the weather will determine what kind of game we're going to see. So uh, I would, I'm would i going to take the Chiefs because that team is, you know, with their starters in this season, in the regular season, they were 14-1. They won two playoff games, smacked the Bills, who everybody you know, thought could be the young upstart and get them. Absolutely took care of business. And so, you know, as a starting group, I guess you could say, or when Patrick Mahomes at least is at the helm, they are 16-1 and this season. Uh, I, I think you're, you'd be foolish to go against them at this point in time, right? I think people kind of like the idea that something different could happen. But, you know, I'm just kind of on a one track. I mean, I wouldn't disrespect if you take the Bucks, but I feel I find it really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes in this spot after, you know, I know he's banged up. I know he's injured, but this team is well coached, they execute, and they've been in this spot a year prior. Uh, and they have had just a ton of success this season and have answered the call. You know, when, when things went south for them with Mahomes, they were able to answer the call with Chad Any. When people said, hey, here come the Bills, they were able to handle that challenge as well. And I think they handle this challenge here on the road, I guess you could say. But I do think they win this game outright. Uh, the three points, I don't know. You know, I guess lay it. I would, I would go money line right now. The, the, the line on the game at betonline.ag is three. But I would take the Chiefs money line if you know, just to be safe, in my opinion. All right, that will do it for today's show. Go follow us on Twitter at LOV12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until next time, my friends, please stay safe. <laughs>